0: What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. It's
1: linebacker JoJo Ozugu. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward, Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown, your home from North Texas Sports. Hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, got a haircut? There it was. I needed some You got a haircut. To go I did. That it is
0: my, the haircut that I got is my first professional haircut since this since, whole thing started. Since the pandemic started. Yep. My my mid-pandemic haircut was done by my stepdad. That
1: was the that was just the the buzz cut, with an attempted fade. Oh my gosh. I I guess if you want to call it that. I mean, it was attempted. It was attempted. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but now we got we got I, we got a professional haircut and. We're good now. I had not brought up the haircut um, mm-hmm. since we've, we've been here today, so I wanted to save it for the podcast. Thank you. Just to let everyone know. And look at us. We're both wearing green today. This is more Man, like a teal. What a homer podcast this, this has become. This is more like a teal. This has just become a homer podcast for North Texas. I am Texas. wearing
0: my flower shorts that I wear to most home games. You have three pairs of shorts,
1: Colin. That's not true. I you wear four three, pairs. Of I shirts. wear three pairs of shorts. Yeah, it's the same, same thing. That's the same thing. That's not. The if same you have thing. and you wear, I have more than three pairs. I yeah, just but don't. if you wear the same three pairs, then that doesn't make you any less of a slob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> why, you, why that. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
1: Let's just, let's just move on. Yeah, there you go. Let's just move on. I'm tired of this. <laughs> I quit. Okay. All right. So this is going to be our predictions podcast. And our explanation podcast, I guess you want to call it that. Um, we did our offense preview podcast on Sunday and we did our defense preview podcast on on Wednesday. Check both of those out. Those have both done really well. I'm glad that people are listening to those and kind of getting a feel for this season. Um, like I said, last po- podcast, I'm really proud of both of those. I feel like if you have any questions about this team, I feel like we pretty much answer every question possible.
0: Like, Yes, and if you still have questions...
1: Subscribe to Mean Green 24-7. And then if you still have questions on top of that, there's something wrong with you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, I was obviously all the big questions of, you know, pace on offense, tight ends, you know, uh, Clint Bowen's defense. You know, who's replacing the quarterback position? Everything we could possibly have covered, I feel like over the past two weeks, we've covered. And I'm 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 really proud of that. So again, check out all of our podcasts from the past couple of weeks. Uh, leave us five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I like We're up the to early plug. I
0: like the early plug. We're up to thirty five, Colin. You have to set a new goal now. If we get to fifty, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, think about it. All we'll right. save that for later in the we, podcast. We have to know by the end. <laughs> yeah, we'll come up with something. <laughs> he once said, we he said that, "Dang, you put me in the spot." To, once we get to fifty ratings, we'll we'll do something. We gotta hold like a you gotta have like a pizza party. I, <laughs> socially like a oh man i feel like that would just crash and burn i feel like just nobody would show up we'd get like two exactly and then you'd have to like have a speech i feel like remember when we brought up that thing of doing the on-campus podcast last year i feel like it's like more plausible now that's a good idea because like well not now i don't know i don't know yes and i don't know in the near future we'll come up with something if we hit 50 ratings 55 star ratings I don't want to see any forsta do like ratings. a town hall <laughs> a town do that would be that be live It'd be kind of live that'd be live so anyways we'll work something out but anyways as i was saying this is our predictions podcast if you are a vip on uh, Mean Green 24/7 um which um we've been we've been getting some subs recently and i'm very pr- um very happy with the content we've been able to put out and thank you all for subscribing um if you are a vip we put out our round table today with me Colin Kennedy Gabe Brooks and none other than Colin Mitchell himself. Us four, we answered four questions about the team. Um, Check that out. I think it gives really good insight to how we all view the team and the different perspectives we all bring. Uh, We had, you know, different answers on almost every question uh, about the offense, defense, everything. So check that out if you are a subscriber or subscribe. We still have the 50% subscription for August. I mean, well, there's three days left of August, so check that out. 50 percent off the annual subscription. With all that being said, Colin, let's give them our predictions for the season. Our final predictions for this season, Colin. This is what we've been working towards the past eight, nine months. Eight, nine months. Everything. Prepping the whole time. Yes. Being like, oh man, I don't know. You know, we we went from we went from three. Don't wins know. Don't to know what I'm going to say. August 28th, 3:33 on a Friday. <laughs> All right, Colin, are this you is, ready to go first? This, this has been planned out. So, are I you guess ready I'm to go first? first? Are you ready to go first? Yes. Again, if you were what, what are you VIP? asking me? I don't know. Again, you... if you were a VIP, you already knew. You already know what we predicted them. Uh, predicted North Texas to go, but and this is the only part of our roundtable we're going to give away. But, Colin, what do you have North Texas going in twenty twenty?
0: I have out of eleven games, six and five. Can you say that again? One time, six and five, Bull birth baby. I want to make sure I heard that right. It's six, six and five. Six even and though five. five wins might get them a bull birth, because
1: I don't know. Yeah, what's we don't know happening. how well it's gonna play. But six, six and five. Now, now walk me through. Am walk I crazy. Me, now walk me through. Walk me through Listen, all everything. Right. I need to know everything. I need to know where this came from. As we okay, 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 how okay. this got here. As I, I miss- don't even start. Don't even start with uh, the past because we'll get into the past later. But okay. why are you start doing six wins right now? Because
0: I feel like this team has the foundation it needs and the depth that it needs to win games as opposed to, I have to bring up the pass just for a second, as yeah, opposed, go ahead, go ahead, as opposed to needing the top-end talent to win them games. You needed a Mason, you needed an EJG, you needed all of them to win you games, and you didn't have the depth. Now, like we said last, last podcast, the linebacker core has three solid linebackers behind them. The cornerbacks, there's two cornerbacks that you could argue could start. Mm-hmm on the outside as far
1: as like gaddy whitlock
0: yeah yeah or yeah but i'm saying like you have four so i guess cam if you want to move him to the outside but i'm saying you have you have options there you have options everywhere on the field except for maybe safety uh dion noville stud best running back class or best running back group probably in the conference Mm -hmm. i'm assuming and then obviously you have an average quarterback so with all that together give me six and five houston baptist win uh, They'll steal a game against, you know, like a La Tech, a UAB, or a, I forgot the third team that I put down. Thank you. Uh, La Tech, UAB, I or I mean, this is the Charlotte conference schedule. Or Charlotte. So. And then they'll win like a UTEP,
1: U- UTSA, and Rice. All right. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Colin Mitchell has North Texas. The pessimist going pessimist most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a second, but I want to start off with our predictions before we go back. We what start. is what
0: is your prediction, Bruni?
1: My prediction for this North Texas team is five and six.
0: You know, that's respectable.
1: And both of us have them losing to both SMU and Houston. Yes. So all almost all of the wins except for Houston baptist we have coming in conference play. Yep. Which is a big statement. Because Five and three will put them in, which you have them going five and three in conference play. I, yeah, five yes. and three. That puts them in contention for you know possibly maybe a a chance at a title.
0: I didn't think of that last night. It, when it I probably wrote it. won't,
1: but like because like, but you like would they'll be, be in the, in the running. Tag. Yeah, they'll be like in the top three. Yeah, like they'll be up there. Thing I didn't think about that. That's kind of insane, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, I have them going five and six and three and five or no. Five and six and four and four in conference play and conference play. Mm-hmm. For me, the biggest thing, I actually listed off three reasons on the round table, but the the one reason I come keep coming back to more than anything else is the fact that I think their schedule is a little easier than I might have perceived it to be. Now, I'm not saying that North Texas is better than all these teams on their schedule. What I'm saying is when you look at their schedule, SMU, Houston, La Tech, UAB are by far their four hardest games, right? You have those four games and you're like, wow, I I don't know if they're going to win those. Like, that, there's it's going to be really tough for them to win those. I'm not going to call them guaranteed losses, but those are tough, tough games. Yeah. Over the offseason, when we looked at the schedule, we also, along with those four, we had Texas A&M and we had Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. Now, if y'all have been following along, Southern Miss has lost probably six starters around there. I completely forgot about that. Like they've lost I legitimate players: team yeah. Booth, yep. you know Jaquez um, Turner. You go down the list. Um, my, my, I forgot his name. Himby, Himby. I'm not gonna remember his first name. Um, Kyle Himby, that's his name. They've lost like legitimate stars on their team. Mm-hmm. So that took the guaranteed losses down from six to four for me. And that was always the thing going into the season was like, okay, they have six losses on their schedule already. And then they have to play the other six games. So it's like uh, they go three and three, you know, four and two in those games at best. Mm-hmm. That was always my concern. When you take away the AM loss and you change Southern Miss from, let's say, a guaranteed loss into maybe a yeah, title 50, contender to average 50 50 game. Yeah then you start looking at this differently because then you look at the schedule and you're like houston baptist southern miss charlotte middle tennessee utep rice utsa those are the seven games that in my opinion are winnable at the very least or they're favored. Mm-hmm. and north texas has had a smoother fall camp than almost all of those teams rice has had to postpone practices uh louisiana tech who i didn't who i'm mentioning is a t- difficult game has had to postpone practices um you know you go down the list of teams here UT- UTEP, Middle Tennessee they've all had kind of some problem somewhere someone leaving or a, a positive test somewhere the schedule works out really nice for this team they don't have to play FAU they don't have to play Western Kentucky um they they kind of got an easy draw as far as Charlotte and Middle Tennessee from the the eastern the eastern division goes And this, uh, it doesn't come back to me changing what I think this team will be as much mm-hmm. as the schedule. I think coming into perspective a little bit more for okay. this team. I think that I think the schedule is manageable, and for mm-hmm. that reason, i have having them at five and six. Um, but, and with that being said, before I, I don't know. I, I want to go back before we go before we go forward anymore here, because Colin. Last year during the spring, we both were pretty skeptical of this team. Yes. We both were like, you know, three wins, four wins, max. You know, that we were saying, we were saying like four wins max for this team. Obviously, as I mentioned, the schedule plays a big part in how I think that that plays out. But for you specifically, to go from known pessimists on this podcast... Known, yep. Like, I, I don't even know if you had them paid that three wins in the spring. I think I said two. It was like two or three wins yeah. in the spring. To go to yeah. six wins yeah. now. Yes. My question to you is, how... <laughs> how have we become this positive... Positive light over a team that has so many questions? I think we put...
0: We finally put what this team is in perspective instead of looking at from, because I feel like the second, the second they didn't win or they didn't get a bull berth, we were like, okay, what are they gonna do without Mason? And that was, that was everything. And then it was, they don't have a foundation, you know, the, the recruiting classes from 2018 and before we were like, where are they? You know, there's, they don't have any depth. And I think that just instantly, I guess, gave us a bias toward how can this team win any games next year? And then I guess, as we were as we've been finally being able to, you know, get around the team again, you've gone to some practices, I was able to go to practice, and you went to the scrimmage, we're able to be like, Oh, this team still has dudes, they still have the twenty nineteen class, they still have the twenty twenty class, there's still dudes on the twenty eighteen class that that have mm-hmm. are able to contribute, and that foundation is finally there, which we ca- said over and over and over again isn't there yet because no one was of age to really yeah. or matured enough to, to step in. And second thing is I think again We talked about this in tons of podcasts looking at this team through mason tainted glasses you know where it's like you need to have a quarterback with 30 touchdowns whereas like we said last podcast Derek thompson put up 16 and 13 yeah and they won a bowl bowl game so quarterback quarterback play doesn't have to be you know greatest of all time type of dude we're just used to that and i think now we're finally putting it to perspective so this is seth's fifth year he has more under him all those these are all his dudes from you know the very bottom of the of the food chain in terms of the depth chart all the way up to the top so it's it'll be interesting to see if
1: our optimism plays out yes um and i mean i have no problem with anyone saying that you know we've just because how much we've been covering this team and i mean shoot i've written stories almost every single day for the past 3 weeks damn near uh about different team different players on the team, different coaches on the team, I've talked to over twenty players and coaches mm-hmm. from this team, and it's yes, I have been kind of suckered in a sense pro- I mean I mean, I just think that comes naturally when you talk to someone about their team and you know when you they talk about what they've been working on, what they've been doing to improve, how they're improving um and you see it on their faces to where they're not lying to you. They might be wrong. But they're not lying to you. They are. They do feel like they're better. Like if Jalen Darden tells me they're playing faster in practices, and Seth Charles tells me they're playing faster in practices. Yes, they are playing faster in practices. Mm-hmm. It's whether it translates to a game or not. that's right. what matters, right? We've talked about that. And so, yeah, I've probably been suckered into adding a win that I don't. Again, if you look at the schedule, like yeah, I look at Charlotte Middle Tennessee as if you would ask me this three, four months ago. I probably would pick both those as losses mm-hmm. right now I'm looking at they can win one of those games pretty easily, and that's the change for me and that comes back to obviously them having a good fall uh compared to a lot of other teams that comes back to uh me just realizing how much talent they have at the skill positions on offense, which you've kind of alluded to um getting new faces on on the coaching staff, getting new faces on the offensive line in the secondary part of the optimism is because we haven't seen these guys be bad. Right. And so and that that's probably a flawed way of looking at it. But for me, to see them in a scrimmage, to talk to the coaching staff, to talk to the players, to do all of this, and it's hard not to come out of it with being like, okay, I can see how they're going to be better this year.
0: Uh, I disagree when you say it's a flawed way to look at things because I feel like every year, Every, every year in the past, we've kind of looked at a spring or a fall, and we've gone, oh, yeah, we saw some good things, but there are also some bad things. Like, last year, we never saw, like, Nick Harvey jump off the page in spring well, or fall. Yes. And we we saw Cam Johnson, for example. Or we saw, like, oh, the offensive line didn't really look good in the spring or fall. You know what I mean? And And this year, we haven't really seen that. It was always Mason's going to carry them. To conference championship like that that's what it was every year it didn't matter what else they had and every year it, it did matter you know yeah. what I mean so I think that this year it's okay to look at it that way because we're not expecting them to be world beaters we're expecting them to be solid across the board to where they can they they're above average or
1: average team yeah another thing uh for me that's a- another reason why I had them at five wins instead of four which I think four is probably the safest bet. I would probably say. I think a lot of people will have them at four, roughly. I mean, I think um, that's probably the safest bet. But for me, another reason why I had them at five was kind of my trust in Luttrell, Mm-hmm. Right, he has a lot of weapons. I think the offense, if the if the offense can be better than what we think it can be, even if it's just by a little, even if the offense is putting up only thirty a game instead of twenty eight. Like if it's just a little bit better than what we think it is, that cannot that that picks up win at some point. Yeah. That picks up a win over Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee, I don't know, someone. And that's what I'm kind of putting trust in right now. If the offense falls falls on it falls on its face, then I am going to be looking at this team being like, How are they going to win a game? Mm-hmm. Like if they play Houston Baptist and put up twenty two points There's an issue. Then I'm going to be come on here and be like, all right, well. All right, boys, no five wins. Yeah, scratch those five wins. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who they're beating. So it's a trust in that the offense is not going to fall off as much as we, we're concerned about, which comes back to your point of looking at it through the Mason lens. And if that's the case, then the defense obviously has less less pressure, even though we think the defense is better than the offense at this point to an extent. Um, with Dion Novell, Katie Davis, and a, a secondary that we assume to be better than, than mm-hmm. last year. So for for those reasons, I think it's really interesting to look at this team as kind of reliant on the offense in a lot of ways. Like yeah, like yeah. Seth Latrell needs this offense to put up significant amount of points every game. And by significant I mean, you know, average twenty eight plus. Yeah, and if that's the case, then I have no problem with them winning five games. I think that that's a very reasonable thing. In part of because what I've already said, and part of because the schedule is going to be significantly, I'm not gonna say significantly easier, but significantly more manageable.
0: Right, you're not starting a season off losing. You know,
1: yeah, you you don't have five that out of M the loss. out of the first. I really, and we we were concerned about that coming into the season because we were like, look at the schedule. After you beat Houston Baptist, you play A SMU, Houston, Southern Miss, Charlotte, and Middle Tennessee. Like we were looking at the schedule and being like, all right, there's a way that this team could be one in six. No, yeah. And yeah. now you look at the schedule and you're like, all right, there's no way in them. Southern Miss is a shell of itself. Charlotte and Middle Tennessee both have had their flaws. That you could leave those first um, six games, and instead of uh, being one and six through seven, you'll be you could be. Three and three, you could be two, even yeah. two and four. Yeah. And two and four going into the back half of the schedule with UTEP, and then you get the LaTeX UAB games, and then Rice UTSA, that's three winnable games out of five. Mm-hmm. Even if you start off two and four and you win those three games, you're looking at a five one season. Yep. Now, I think we've got the prediction stuff out of the way. We'll start with your prediction. If this team wins six games, Colin. Yes. Who gets the most credit, and how much credit should Latrell get? Or I was gonna should, say should they Seth. Just be should, Seth? Seth okay. should get the how most How much credit. credit should Latrell get, and should they be should we be worried about losing him? Wow, that <laughs> was not expecting. Should we worried about losing him? Boom.
0: <laughs> if he gets six wins, if he gets six wins, I would say yes to both things. He'd get the credit, and yeah, you should be scared of losing him because it proves that he wasn't riding the coattails of Mason Fine. Right. Mm. It, it, it wasn't Mason that was that was carrying this team. It was Seth doing what he could with what he had. And Mason, Seth and Mason doing what they could with what they had. And I think that that's important because that's kind of the theme going of the season is Seth able to win without Mason. And if you give him six wins in a bull berth without Mason Fine and tons of question marks and a completely you know new quarterback, still don't know who's going to start. New secondary, basically new defensive coordinator. You got to give Seth all the credit. You're gonna see more than Kansas State coming in.
1: We didn't even talk about if they win a bowl game. You can't talk about that since they haven't. Won I'm a just bowl saying, game. and we don't even know if bowl games are gonna exist, right?
0: But but regardless, six and five winning record that's sheesh. <laughs> I Sounds remember, more insane when you say it out loud, huh? <laughs> six and five. Here's my thought process is behind incredible. that. Incredible. Here's my thought process behind that. If this team, on offense does 30 points a game and their defense in clip bone, you know, they're able to play aggressive. They're able to get turnovers. There's no reason that this team can't be like a UAB of the past where, you know, you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah. You have, you have four great backs, like yeah. starting caliber backs on this team. There's no reason why you can't do that. Seth is an offensive guru. He's going to be able to get the the ball in Jalen Darden's hands. That is, that is why I think that it is important to to put this team in perspective. Because they're not gonna just fall flat because Mason's not here. I think that's that. That was I fell. I felt. I fell victim to that mm-hmm. toward the end of last season. And and I think it's important that we have to realize that not every quarterback that comes through North Texas is gonna be the greatest of all time in the school. Or history. has to be. Or has to exactly. Or has
1: to be. I really wish we knew who this quarterback was gonna be.
0: At this point, I don't think it matters.
1: But it would have ma- made this easier on me to kind of understand where they were headed, where their minds were at. In terms of how they were Where would their play? heads were at, yeah. Where their heads were at in terms of... If they had picked a quarterback at this point, I'd feel a lot more confident about the quarterback position than I do at this moment. Mm-hmm. We are eight days away at this recording. We are eight days away from the first game. I kind of expect Luttrell to say something on Tuesday on his presser to announce a starting quarterback because I don't see the need in keeping a secret secret from Houston Baptist. Right. And I want that starter to get all of the first team reps just for this, this, this week, obviously that it changes week to week. As far as you can give, you can split 60, 40. Um, but I agree that they don't need Mason fine. 16 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. I think is a fine season for whoever the quarterback is. Yeah, And if it's Jason Bean especially, that, that's fine. Because assuming that he can run the ball and do things on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, But the, the point is that the consistency that we want out of this offense, yes, should come out of the run game. And yes, should come out of the receivers being able to make plays for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And should be able to get like them out of tough situations, but for me, the quarterback position is just such a scary sight for me that it's it's tough to put this team at six wins for me. I couldn't give them that extra win because you're still going up against established quarterbacks, Jack Abraham, you know, Chris Reynolds, Astro O'Hara. Um, does Rice have their quarterback back? No, no, they don't. Um, I mean, UTSA, if Frank Harris plays or if they have the New Mexico State quarterback play, you're still going up against quarterbacks and that quarterbacks that are somewhat established and that in any game is going to be a deficit going into it. Of course. So that's why I want to i want to lower our expectations a little bit, not in terms of the win total, but just in terms of how we expect the games to go. Oh, I don't think they'll be pretty. I don't think they can, they're going to be pretty. <laughs> no. That's the thing I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. Is that... These teams are going to play legit. Southern Miss is going to air it out probably to Tim Jones on the outside a lot Mm -hmm. with Jack Abraham. They're going to try to put up over 200 yards passing against North Texas. And North Texas, in order to win the game, has to hold them to 180 yards passing, Mm -hmm. two touchdowns, one pick from Jack Abraham. That's what they need to hold them to. And that, that allows the offense to step in and be like, all right, we can run the ball here. We got an interception. We have the ball in the 45 now instead of our own 15. And we can run the ball here. We can do some th- creative things. Uh, We could take a play action shot here if we need to because we maybe it's four down territory. Um, Just different situations you're in. And for that reason, I think you summed it up perfectly. These games are not going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. And that adds an element of randomness to the games that I kind of like for North Texas. Yes.
0: And that is why I picked six wins. <laughs> Your
1: eyes lit up. Your eyes just <laughs> lit up, they, Colin. They I hate you. Um, <laughs> but you always hear whenever you're the less talented team, you want to make it ugly. In basketball that's the case. In football that's the case. You want to control the clock. You want you want to do all the things that way the the, the flashy team or the team with ex, that's explosive can't just, you know, go crazy on you. Right. That's what the, this North Texas team is kind of going to have to do, and that's what we're kind of expecting to do. And that, for that reason, I think that puts our predictions in much uh, much clearer focus for people. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just us saying five and six wins because the schedule is easier and they have more talent than we thought. It's not just that. It's because of how we think they're going to play and how we think they're going to manage games. Mm-hmm. And I, again, it comes back to my point of, how Seth the Trail manages the games from an offensive standpoint. We know the defense is going to be good. We know the defense is going to make uh, is going to be in you know maybe in the middle middle pack of Conference USA somewhere around there. And if they can force turnovers, then they're doing their job. The offense is what's going to have to dictate the time of possession. The offense is going to have to dictate how tired the other team is. The offense is going to have to dictate how just the energy of the game. Right. And that's last year what we saw happen way too often was that the offense couldn't dictate that energy and obviously the defense was bad too whatever but the offense couldn't get that first first down as they said and so when you can't get that first first down you're like uh where does the energy come from because then they're scoring it's like you don't pick up a first down then they score and then you're like well we're done and so as an offense the consistency is going to be on south of shoulders but if they can find that consistency in the run game and in the past game as far as getting creative with the pass game and p- just picking up first downs. I'm not asking for 40 yard touchdowns to Jair shorter. I'm asking for first downs. Mm-hmm. First downs are way more important than play action. touchdowns. You're going to
0: see a lot of field goals. I'm, be, I'm perfectly fine with no, that. No, 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 but I'm saying like, it's going to be for people listening. It's not going to be, you're not going to see, you know, 40 yard bombs on the first play yeah. or anything like that. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of, dump passes it's going to be a lot of runs it's going to be it's going to be a lot of what people didn't want to see in the past but i think this year it works differently because you're not being forced into doing that it's what they want to
1: do yes 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 in the past you wanted mason fine to pick a defense apart 20 20 of 30 for 300 yards right and tear a defense apart now we want whoever the quarterback is to go 15 of 25 and just not turn it over Exactly. It's a different brand of football that this team's going to have to play and that's putting and that's me putting the pressure on Latrell's shoulders. Right. More than anything else. So that's why if this team ends up winning 5 games and if this team god forbid ends up winning 6 games, god forbid, it's it's an expression. It's an expression. But like if yeah, I'm saying if they win 6 games, yeah. I'm giving Latrell all the flowers. All of them. All of them, unless if the defense just turns around and turns into a juggernaut. That we're not expecting them to, in which case, sorry, Clint Bowen, you get some flowers too. But <laughs> if this team wins five or six games, Seth is getting all the flowers from me. Yep. And that's gonna be really, really, really fun to watch if this team understands their identity.
0: I think back to the Masons freshman year when this team couldn't really do anything on offense and the defense was like still bad. Yeah. And they were able to somehow get to that bowl game. I, I think that's going to be, we're going to see a lot of ugly football. You
1: have to find a way. Yep. Look at that. Branding. It's branding. <laughs> it's our slogan for the season in case you haven't figured it out. Um, <laughs> what? What's wrong? It kind of sounded like a shot. No, 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 no. It's just, we haven't <laughs> used it as much. It I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting them know. Calm down. Gosh. Okay. At Bernie on Twitter. For me. <laughs> I'm insulted. But to go back to what I was saying, to bounce off of your point, they had the back-to-back nine-win seasons, and the identity of those teams were pretty set in stone. Twenty seventeen, they scored the ball. You know, they they their offense was high high flying as ever. You know, Mason Fine threw thirty touchdown passes. Jeff Wilson did his thing. Jalen Guy and Rico Bussie offense offensive explosion in twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen, the team relied on their defense a lot more. Right. You knew what your defense was. Your de- your defense won them a lot of games. They took advantage of field position. Mason finance still was good for, you know, the the um efficiency and the touchdown passes. But the defense is what won them games a lot of times in 2018. 2019, there was no identity. They wanted to have an identity. They wanted just everyone to be good. But when things go awry, you have to figure out what your identity is. And they didn't have an identity mm-hmm. because their offense line wasn't good. Then Rico Buskin went down and they're like, uh, we have no real, you know, they had Jair Short, who was a threat, obviously. I'm not going to say he's not a threat, but they didn't have the established veteran threats that you ha- right. that you need in Rico Bussey, Jalen Guyton. They didn't have those guys. Kelvin Smith goes down. You know, we have other injuries. The defense falls apart. There's panic. There can't be panic this year. Because in all likelihood, those SMU and Houston games are going to be losses. They're going to be tough games. There cannot be panic after that. And this goes back to what I said last week. I really hope that they learned from the last season. I hope that Latrell learned how to handle pressure, how to handle losses, because that adversity is going to carry over to this year on a very, very, very different team. Mm-hmm. And that go—that's why we're expecting more than what we maybe were going to give, going to expect this team. That didn't make any sense. That's why we're—that's why we have higher expectations, right? Than what we, what we've said in the past is because we're hoping that the trails more prepared, the trail has the offense in a system that can win games and the defense should be uh, formidable. I think another point is also that they're not there's no
0: expectations for them to live up to, right? Yes. Like they can they can go into the Houston and SMU game and not be pressured by everyone thinking like oh hey you got to win your you got to win the signature game yeah. in Mason Fine senior year when you guys are supposed to win a ch- conference championship and a bowl. you know like they had all that going to last year and once they lost those games they were we, i mean we came after both those games and we're like what the heck is happening to this team and then it just snowballed into what the heck is happening to this team even yes. more so I, this team is like i feel like there's no reason for them to panic they know what they are Seth has probably preached over and over again like it's going to be hard it's not going to be you don't have Mason to rely on to win you games Every, everyone's going to do their part and I think they all understand
1: that yes and again to come out of this season with five wins and to come out of the season with experience for the 2019 and 2020 classes again I posted on that I posted on our board our VIP board the list of 2019 guys who are going to contribute this year in their second season is extensive yes there's legitimately probably fifteen players on that in that recruiting class that are gonna get snaps
0: let's let's go back to a big point from last season do you think that they add they
1: make that foundation that we didn't expect that
0: they they might have this year
1: so yes like you said we were worried that they weren't gonna that there was gonna be a gap year right yeah and I still think that this is a gap year regardless if they win five games or not of course. Simply because of the fact that the 2019-20 classes, even if they play well, it shows that they needed their talent. Right. So, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. What I just said. Okay. They need that 2019-2020 talent to step in because of the lack of depth that they had last year and the lack of depth that they have from the other classes going into this year. So, that's why we have so many 2019 classes coming into play. And that's what makes this a gap year regardless of how successful it is regardless of how good those players it is and to be frank i think that tw- the success of the 2019 class in this season is kind of icing on the cake yeah like they're gonna be expected to play don't get me wrong Gaddy gaddy's gonna start you know they're gonna have guys start and play deontay simpson et etc cetera, et cetera. but nobody expected them to be in this position right already
0: Right, no one expected Deshaun Gaddy to be the second starting outside corner yes. to
1: start week one. And so when you put it that way, everything they give is icing on the cake because then that icing carries over to the 2021 season. And then you're looking at 2021 season being like, all right, Deshaun Gaddy might be a top five corner in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying, if the, if everything goes well, right. then you're looking at Deontay Simpson and being like, whoa, he's like, a top receiver. they have a legitimate guy on the outside, yeah. they have a legitimate corner, they got this, they got that. Like, it's a different, it's a different feel going to twenty twenty one season, and that's what makes this a gap season. Is because we don't know. But but to answer my question, is it? Yes, the
0: twenty nineteen guys are playing. Like Deshaun Gaddy, I guess at this point is considered top end talent for this team. I guess mm, he's starting, starting, maybe. starting yeah, talent, starting talent right now. Yes. The issue in years past was that that's all they had was the starting talent, whereas coming into this year yes you have Deshaun Getty but behind him you have Upton Stout you have you know whoever yeah. else like there's there's guys below them that can still play whereas last year it was like oh Katie Davis goes down who's next yeah you, had to you know Kevin Woody yeah you Taylor know. Robinson goes down who's next you know what I mean and and that was the issue is that we, we argued over and over again we felt that Mason kind of made it to where they weren't able to build that foundation it's like win now mentality which again you argue wasn't an excuse in any ways for, mm-hmm. for Seth but that this year they have the guys below Deshaun Getty. They have guys below Katie Davis that can step and play in the Murphy brothers. They have, you know, Jason Bean or Austin Oni behind each other. Yeah, you know. The foundation is finally there. Offensive line as well. Off exactly. Offensive line as well. And there's safeties that you can choose from. You know, crop of mm-hmm. safeties, nickel corner. I mean, they're, they're everywhere now. Whereas last year, if you were to tell me after Jamil Moore went down or after he got benched, it's like we don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. After I, Nick Harvey was playing bad, we don't know who's gonna play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was the issue last year.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think you phrased it. I think you phrased it very well. I think you just, I mean, kind of answered that question in its totality in that I don't know what completely to expect from this year, but the foundation is there for this team. There is a sense of hope from this team partially because of the 2019, 2020 classes. And in my opinion, if they get five wins, it's a, it's a, it's a positive season. It's a, it's a very good season. They get six wins and Collins, right? Start throw a parade. Yeah, on the square. On the square. What happens with 50
0: ratings and a 6-1 season?
1: Hmm. Look, this. (laughs) (laughs) all I'm saying is that it's going to be a fun season. I think that's all we had for y'all today. We just wanted to give y'all predictions, give y'all a rundown of why we made those predictions and then what we what got us to this point Mm -hmm. i feel like that's that's an important thing to talk about because anyone who's been following us has been listening to what we've been saying as far as you know how is this team going to win any games and now we have them potentially making a bowl game yeah and that's a large large step i mean they've seen us slowly turn around but yeah yes yes i agree but i I think this is a good time to surmise all of those thoughts Mm -hmm. into one podcast and now we get into week one We will get into our Houston Baptist um, coverage, our Houston Baptist preview stuff. It's on ESPN3, it was announced. It's at 6.30, Colin. Um, We'll see how we handle that with maybe a podcast or maybe just written previews. Probably just written previews, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, If they announce a starting quarterback, we'll probably do an emergency podcast on Tuesday. Cause that'll be fun. Maybe like a 15-minute podcast. Yep. Just being like, oh, my God. casein Martin is the starting the quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> Wouldn't that
0: – man, I don't know if they've been – Seth,
1: Seth Luttrell has the hats with all their faces on it the on the Zoom. So... And he's like, like – He's of a college. Just looks over to Austin. Oh, no,
0: no, wait. No, he has he has three of them down. And then he like – grabs some from under the table it's will keen amani <laughs> <laughs> gilmore is eligible boys <laughs> right.
1: oh my god no <laughs> so yeah anyways maybe a podcast like that sometime um but that's all we had for y'all we hope you enjoyed this podcast on our predictions again follow us on twitter at cjh mitchell for colin matthew bruni underscore for myself and at Mingreen green 24 7 that's where we post all our stuff follow like us on Facebook as well. Haven't plugged that in a while. I don't think it's ever been. Doing pretty well over there, if I do say so myself. Uh, but yeah, throw us a like on Facebook. I think that's what the kids are saying Facebook nowadays. Facebook god Bruni doesn't know what a like is. <laughs> I think that's what the kids are saying nowadays. Um, what else? Oh, follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Please, please, Remember, please once you. Remember, once we get you. to
0: 50, we have a surprise, but we don't know what it is yet. Oh, we have a surprise for y'all. Don't worry. It it's It's there. It'll
1: be something. It'll be something. Um, and again, take advantage of our 50% off deal through the rest of the month of August. We have a few days left for that, so check that out. Um, is that everything, Colin? I think that is. Plug the podcast. Yeah. Alright, guys. For Colin Mitchell, for Maya Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Y'all stay safe, and we'll talk to y'all later.